Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, what I do and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. This podcast series is all about managing our well-being in this modern life. Life today feels busier and more hectic than it did 20 years ago. And there is so much noise out there that we have to wade through. So I will be interviewing six amazing women who are experts in their field and who will be sharing with us how we can manage our well-being in this modern life. My guest today is Francesca Kastelitz. Francesca is a TV coach and has over 20 years experience in television, including being a BBC news reporter and presenter. She is passionate about coaching people to be more authentic and engaging and confident. She builds trust and warm relationships with people and has even transformed the most reluctant of clients. So our topic today is being confident is about how you feel on the inside. Thanks, Francesca, for joining me today. Hello, Maria. I am honestly, genuinely really chuffed to have been invited on this. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, you're most welcome. So before we jump into it, tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today. Well, settle in. No, don't. It's not, it's, <laughs> a, it's not a very long story um, and it's not really very interesting, but... Um, I suppose, you know, I am a journalist at heart. That is what I am. I'm a hack. I love stories. I love people. Um, and I think that's how I've ended up where I am today, to be honest with you. Um, I, when I was little, I used to make, I used to make little newspapers for my mum and dad. Um, and I used to draw, it's terribly morbid, but I used to draw pictures of car crashes and things like that and, <laughs> and write headlines and kind of, um, and then I used to even used to do little birth and deaths columns. Well, many of the births columns. Um, and so I used to make it look like a real newspaper and I just, I just loved it. Um, so I think I was always just incredibly nosy and always wanted to be where the action was. And, um, and so I, I did become a journalist eventually after lots of, doing lots of different things. 
um, worked for the BBC and um, was, you know, was a reporter on air and presenting bulletins and things like that for 10 years. And honestly, that was that was the fantastic, most fantastic job I ever had. I think it was a privilege to work in those um, places. Um, and I think you kind of, you know, when I started, if we're talking about confidence, I wasn't very confident starting as a reporter, um, but you kind of have the nerves beaten out of you in that job. You know, you have to get over yourself basically because you're on air every single day, day in, day out. You've got your, you've got your earpiece in your ear, you've got your microphone on, and you are having to go live every single day. And it just takes the fear away, I think. Um, so I, I learned a lot about, I think, nerves and confidence, just putting myself through the mill of being on air every day. And, you know, when you've, I remember being once, I used to be the bath reporter, and I remember once reporting from the bath festival, and there were crowds of people around. You can't imagine it now, can you, in this day of keeping your distance? Um, and we'd just gone live, and I felt this warm trickle on my leg. And first of all, I thought, God, I haven't wet myself. And then I actually looked down, and I saw a dog had cocked its leg on my leg and was peeing on me in the middle of a live broadcast. Um, I thought I was being terribly professional by not referring to it at all. Of course, what I should have done is, you know, could have made a fun of it and just kind of, you know, uh, it probably would have gone viral, even though viral wasn't a thing back then. Um, but I think I, I sort of, you know, learned a lot being live on air and then became an editor of news programmes, got into coaching and training of younger journalists and presenters, um, and then finally left the BBC to work, still work with news journalists and presenters, but also with lots of other people who make television programmes. So everything from Strictly Come Dancing to Panorama to uh, BBC Music, children's programmes, natural history, everything. And I love that variety because I'm still very, very nosy. And I love just kind of landing in people's lives and programmes and different interests. Um, and so here I am today, sort of just helping people feel confident on screen it's all about communications and regardless whether you're working on a sort of top news program or a light entertainment show prime time saturday night you know the issues are the same for most of the people it's all about how they feel about themselves and giving themselves the, the permission to be themselves to be their authentic selves on air so i work a lot in that space around who you really are how you want to come across and how people perceive you because of course television people are watching you all the time you can't get away with it. there's no hiding you're out there and you put yourself out there so you've got to be really confident in the person that you are putting out there so if it helps any of your listeners even prime time television presenters feel the fear and do it anyway you know they are constantly battling with the same things and they're battling with it when they've got to go on air as well so um, so that's how I've ended up where I am today. And I love it, I have to say. I love it. <laughs> so we've, we've said that this, um, this programme is about confidence. But so that we all understand what confidence is, what do you think it is? Well, if I, if I knew what it really was and I could bottle it, I would be bottling it um, because that is the, you know, the million-dollar question, isn't it? What, what is confidence and how do you get it? Um, and... Yeah, I think that, that it would be a rich person who, who exactly knew the answer for that. And I think we, we are still grappling with those sorts of things. But I do think what we, what we know um, is what most of us know, and what most of us are able to recognise is when we meet somebody who's confident. So we know what it looks like. At least we know what the external manifestation of it is like. 
um, you know, somebody looks like they own the space, they're confident with their voice, they're happy to speak up. Um, you know, somebody walks in the room and they kind of light up the room, you know, maybe it boils over into charisma a little bit as well. Or maybe if you have more confidence, you're able to show more of your personality. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think there's definitely a line, isn't there, between confidence and overconfidence. And when people cross that line, we don't like it, do we? We call them bossy. <laughs> we call them a show off. Um, in fact, just saying, oh, she's a bit overconfident, or he's a bit overconfident, is a bit, of a, is a bit of a diss. It's a bit of an insult, isn't it? So, so I think that stops people because nobody wants to be called bossy or show off. Mm. And I think it's ingrained in us sort of culturally in the UK, British schools, the kind of, you know, big classes, sit down, be quiet, conform. At least that's how it was probably when I was growing up. Maybe it's, it's a bit different now. Um, but I think that culture kind of pushes us into not putting ourselves forward. And also society tells us if we do, it's a bad thing. Mm. So I think there's something around sort of the physical manifestation and people kind of being af afraid to, to, to show it too much. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing as well. And I think, you know, I, I guess the definition, the real definition of confidence is self-belief. And I think the problem comes is when you start obviously doubting yourself, doubting your beliefs, questioning yourself the whole time. So I think confidence is actually about consciously deciding how you want to be. And if you make those choices and you say, this is who I am and this is who I want to be and this is why I'm doing it, you've already answered those questions. So you hopefully won't doubt yourself. Um, and I think it's a lot of it is about self-awareness and understanding who you are, understanding yourself making those conscious decisions so that you stick with them and you don't start doubting yourself. And so I guess that's the kind of the stuff that goes on on the inside, isn't it? Yeah. And, I, and, and the thing is, and, and you talked about how, you know, somebody can walk into a room and they just light up the room. And I think we tend to think someone is confident if they, they're outwardly expressing themselves all the time. Whereas taking your point, if you're comfortable with yourself and you have self-belief in yourself, then you could be the seemingly shy person who's just standing in a group, not necessarily um, participating much, but you could have more confidence than the person who stood next to that individual who's being like gesturing, yeah, and speaking a lot, but they might be, and they might lack confidence and that's just a way of them, them dealing with their lack of confidence. So yeah, I totally agree with you. It is something from within rather than what, we may see someone projecting externally. Absolutely, but here's the thing, uh, and it is, it's, you know, you could say, well, does the, the, does the mental confidence have to come before we kind of externally manifest it, or is it the other way around, chicken or egg, chicken or mm. egg? And I think what is helpful um, for, for people perhaps listening to this is that um, it's certainly true that you can fake it till you make it to some extent that you can kind of wear that cloak of of confidence you because we know what confident people look and do like and sound like and that in turn can kind of we can trick ourselves into thinking we are confident so there is definitely something about um you know you could, even if you don't feel confident inside starting on the outside can result in you feeling confident on the inside because we are training a muscle and that's what confidence is it is a muscle that you need to train and train hard um and that so i think that should be a sort of a little bit of a beacon of hope because i think even if you are not a confident person you can look like you are 
and then you start other people think you are and then you start believing it yourself um so i think there's you know that there are things you can do to which will hopefully lead to you feeling more confident body first mind second maybe so can you share with us some tips and techniques that will help us become more confident if you know if at the moment we're you know my listeners are sitting there going okay I understand the point you're making but how do I do that yeah yeah do you remember a program um Maria that was on tv and it must have been 15 years ago it was called faking it it was on channel four and they took ordinary people and they said we're going to turn you from like a, a mum of three kids into a an opera singer or we're going to turn you into a, you know some a piano teacher into a dj and um I know somebody who worked on that program as, as one of the coaches that helped people kind of transform. And one of the key parts of that transformation um, to allow them to kind of, I don't know, sing at the Royal Albert Hall or kind of DJ in the nightclub was about the physicality. So I think if you're going to start anywhere, start with the physical. Um, and there's, there's a pose called, people may, listening may have heard of this, the Wonder Woman pose. Do you remember Wonder Woman? She stood there where she was, you know, with a sort of very, very tight corset on. Um, I don't know how she was able to cope in that. Um, she had this flowing cape behind her and she stands with her legs astride and her hands on her hips and she's got her shoulders back and she's looking out. And that is a really good place to start. Just that physical, what I call a physical power pose. Um, you know, you can you can try it now if you like. I'm trying it now. If I just put my hands on my hips and stick my shoulders back, and lift my head up as if I'm about to take on, not Batman, but some evil person. Yeah, look at you, Maria. I can see the head up. You know, you feel better, don't you? You do, you do. It, it's just weird what it does to you. Physical changing makes a real difference. So I think you know, this is what I do when I encourage people to go on air. I encourage them to do a body scan. And so that's something your you know, listeners can start doing is, OK, actually, how am I sitting and what does it look like? And even when we're sitting on a Zoom call, as many of us are having to do now, you know, I talk to so many people and they're down here and they're crouched and I'm talking to their forehead. And actually just that very act of rolling your shoulders back. You don't have to put your hands on your hips, although on Zoom it doesn't show, right? You can put your hands <laughs> yeah. on no. But that just gives you a sense of ownership. And I think owning the space around you, the physical space, is a really good place to start. Mm. So try that physical power pose before you walk into a room um, and it becomes like a trigger. It becomes like a trigger to say, yes, this is me and I own this space and I'm, I've got confident body movements. Um, so that's a good place to start. And so you've already talked about how um, confidence is like a muscle and we need to train it. How, how do we do that? Is it just a case of going over and over the same thing again until, like you said, we just believe that we are confident and therefore it becomes like an inner thing? Or are there more things that we can do to make sure that, that we are really training and really working that muscle? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you've got to do the physical with the mental. So I think kind of practicing those physical affirmations, if you like, go alongside mental affirmations. I know people on your podcast before have talked about those kind of mental affirmations that we, you know, we tell ourselves manifesting, however you want to call it. Um, so I think there is a lot about getting it, getting your mindset right in the first place, getting your physical body set right in the first place. And then, yes, normalizing situations for sure. That's certainly the way it worked for me. I, I did go from being terrified of going live on air. I mean, literally shaking and 
kind of unable to speak, my brain froze. But you know, you do it enough times. And by the end of my kind of being BBC reporter, I could you could have put me on air anytime I could have said anything, I'd have been fine about it. So that definitely is practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. And you know what I do with, with, with a lot of the people I work with, and I have to say not many people like doing this, but I kind of force them to do it because I think it's really important, is um, I make people watch themselves back. Okay, so I sit down with presenters and journalists or thought ex leaders, experts, and we actually watch them, watch them back because actually it's when you are seeing yourself as other people see you, you're able to make some changes. Um, and you're able to practice. Okay, that worked. Let's try that again. And so it's a bit like, re you know, kind of, you know, validation of what you're doing. Mm. So we, we live in an era now where we can film ourselves so easily. And, you know, maybe our kids will be brilliant at this. Or maybe they'll be super self-critical. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we have to wait to see how they turn out right. Because they are the first generation of people who are just filming themselves all the time. But I think it's a good exercise to just kind of check in with yourself. What am I doing? Um, you know, is it working? What else do I need to do? So I think practice makes perfect, but also just along the way, keep checking with yourself um, and get, you know, get yourself a cheerleader, get yourself a cheerleader, somebody who really believes in you, because we've often got this little person sitting on our shoulder, haven't we, that, that kind of tells us off and tells us we shouldn't and puts us down. You know, you can create another person on the other shoulder that says, go, 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 Francesca, go, Maria. But we all need somebody who believes in us. So I think key to feeling confident is find somebody who really believes in you and who can give you some honest feedback and who can cheerlead you. So oh, I love that. Cheerleader. I love that. Yeah. And the thing is, and I've told you this before, that I have I have those two people on my um, sitting on my shoulder. Um, my not cheerleader is called Vera. She's an old lady and she tells me what I should and shouldn't do. And then on my other shoulder... Not dissimilar to Wonder Woman, I have Shearer, who just, <laughs> just says to me, why not? Just do it, which is amazing. I, I and Shearer and Vera. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's great. I, and, and that's the thing. It, um, you talk about, like, having a cheerleader. And for me, I sort of think if you've got that cheerleader within, then all you're doing is you're relying on yourself. You're not waiting for someone else to come along and say, yes, you're great. You're telling yourself you're great, which, you know, I think is the best place to start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's quite tough to do that because we are very self-critical and women are possibly even more self-critical than, than, than men, although I don't want to make too many generalizations, but they'll be the first to admit they're not confident. They'll be the first to admit they struggle. Um, and I see this, especially with with older presenters that I work with, you know, they do have this, oh, I call the saboteur sitting on one shoulder. And I, I was coaching a presenter recently and she was talking about one of her aunts that was the aunt that said, sit down, shut up, don't speak. And this was absolutely affecting her presenting style because she thought, oh, you know, I can't do that because Auntie Marjorie will, you know, will tell me off. So we carry these voices with us, you know, in coaching terms, it's called self-limiting beliefs. I'm, you know, you, you, I'm sure you know all about that. But it really does affect how we outwardly present ourselves and the things we tell ourselves about what we're not supposed to do. And very often, I think getting confidence to be yourself, to be authentically yourself, is about giving yourself permission to be yourself. Not self-editing, not kind of bringing all that emotional baggage, but actually really questioning and saying, who's my cheerleader and who's my saboteur and which one am I going to listen to? And which one is going to help me be authentically me? And finding ways to silence that saboteur. 
Um, so, you know, yeah, Vera, I'm sure you'll have a couple of strict words of Vera now and again. And Vera doesn't go away. That's the point, isn't it? Confidence mm. is not, it's not like a destination that you get to. And once you suddenly get this load of confidence, like a massive injection, you're suddenly confident for the rest of your life. It is a state of flux, isn't it? Depending it, on where yeah. we are. I think, and, and it goes back to the point you made earlier about um, training. So as we go into new situations, we will naturally lack the confidence we think we thought we think we have because it, it's new. But then you go into that situation again and again and again, you're practicing. So, you know, you, you build up your confidence. So, yeah, for sure. I think it's it's something that you just always have to hold on to and work with as you have different experiences absolutely and you know it's none of us like being in a place where we feel like you know we don't know stuff and we we don't know what to do and we feel unconfident that is the most uncomfortable place to be if you think of that learning cycle that we go through nobody likes being you know it's like learning to drive when you first get in the car and you haven't got a clue what you're doing and then you start driving and you realize oh my gosh there's actually a lot to learn and you start you know doing a bunny hops across the roundabout and your stalls that is the worst place to be. But you have to go through that in order to get out the other side, pass your test, and then drive like I do now, where you can often be kind of almost driving on autopilot. Not very safe. I hope there's no policemen, people listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you can't get into that zone of, of feeling confident or feeling comfortable unless you've been through the discomfort of learning and learning about yourself and learning the skills you need to gain that confidence so mm. it's, it's, a, it's a journey and it's sometimes uncomfortable and it's a journey you might go through several times in your life for sure so we focused a lot on how to be confident and I, and we've touched on um how we potentially have a lack of confidence to start with so we learn to be confident but what what do you think is it that like holds us back in the first place and what is the cause of women and obviously we're not going to generalize but women um in particular having a lack of confidence do you think i don't i often ask myself this question because i see you know obviously women and men and um and it is the women who struggle most with confidence all the time um you know like i said they're the ones who will admit to it at least and they're the ones who actually want to tackle it so I think there's a lot around how we're brought up as children. And this makes me really question how I bring up my, you know, I've got two boys and a girl. So I'm always thinking about how I'm treating them and I don't want to treat them differently. I'm trying to give them the same values. Um, there's a lot about society's pressure mm. on women, I think. Um, you know, this label about being a shelf and being bossy if we speak up. And that still exists. I think it's getting better. I don't know. What do you think? I have a feeling we're kind of moving on that on that front. Yeah, I think I think it is getting better only because people are bringing it to the forefront and sort of making it an issue where, well, you know, we don't have we shouldn't differentiate between the genders. There are certain we know physically men are going to be stronger than women, but we both we all have brains, you know, we all have the ability to learn. So, mm. yeah, I think the message is getting through and things are starting to change yeah but there's something isn't there about men who or the ability of, of, of most men to be able to sort of do that feel the fear and do it anyway and to put themselves forward without fear of failure and i think that's the thing that holds us back is the fear that we're going to mess up and, and we're going to tell ourselves off or that little person who sits on our shoulder is going to tell ourselves off 
And, you know, this was really brought into sharp focus with me about um, seven or eight years ago when I was asked to um, by the BBC to help deliver a series of programmes for women, for women who had an expertise. So there were scientists, academics, um, musicians, archi architects, um, to try and get more women experts in the news and current affairs because they looked at the figures and it was like nine out of ten experts on television were men. Not a good figure. Um, and I got this list of women for the first workshop and they had like dozens of letters after their name and they were L'Oreal Woman of the Year and they'd done this and they'd done that. And I thought, you know, I'm terrified. Who These women, what can I tell them? Um, you know, I was actually genuinely quite scared going to the room with all these amazing women. Of course, as soon as I got in there, you know, we got into a situation where women share as women do and they all shared. They had exactly the same fears. They all had that imposter syndrome. Why am I here? I shouldn't be here. What's wrong with you? You know, I, I really I'm not sure. I think, I'm sure they picked the wrong person to come here. And I thought, hey, you know, we're all in this together. We all have that same feeling. So I think, you know, we are willing to share that as women. Men, I think, feel it, but perhaps don't share it. So I think, you know, the way around that is to think, well, I think everyone's terrified quite a lot of the time. Everyone feels like they've got the imposter syndrome. And if you kind of know that, it makes it a bit easier. It made it a bit easier for me. It's like, we're all in this together. So let's just help each other. And there, there's that, I'm gonna get the stats wrong, but there are the stats where a woman will look at a job description and if she can't do, if she can only do nine out of the 10 requirements, she'll say, well, oh no. I, I'm not applying for the job because clearly I have to be able to do all of them. Whereas a guy might look at the same job description and say, well, I can do three of them. Yeah, I'm going to apply. And I think it is that, you know, it's self-belief, isn't it? You might not be able to do everything, but I'm just going to have a go anyway because I can do some of it or I know a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's a real question of how do we get people to believe that they can? And that's, and that's where it starts. And, you know, I think... You know, women are good at talking. That is one thing. So we talk to each other. You know, we share, we talk, and we and we really support each other. Um, you know, and I think that's that's back to the, my cheerleader thing. Is you know, women are natural cheerleaders for each other, mm. um, and so I think that's the way we get through things. Um, and if you had ten people saying, "Maria, go for that job, go for that job," you might do it, mightn't you? If you had yes. nine people saying it, that's what would make me go for it. If I thought, "Gosh, they believe in me, so I better start believing in myself." So this is true, yeah. You know, I think getting your getting your kind of your support network, your group of cheerleaders is is really important to self confidence. Really important. So, what advice would you give our listeners who are just want who are sitting there going, "Oh, you know, I'm just I just really lack any self confidence. I just I just need I just need a place to start on how I can start building some confidence inside myself." What would you tell them? I would say start with the physical. We've talked about that physical power pose and how that can make a difference to how you feel. So I think the question you can ask yourself is, if I had that confidence injection, if somebody came along and gave me a spoonful of confidence, what would I look like and sound like? If there was no barriers and I, I was like, suddenly went from zero confidence to 100%, what would that look like? So a bit of visualization, how would I walk? Um, then start walking like that person. How would how would I move my hands? How, where would my shoulders be? Where would my head be? You know, look in the mirror. How would I sound? What would my voice be like? You know, because confidence isn't about volume. It's not about being loud. We we kind of know that that sort of fake 
fake confidence, isn't it? Although it can help you. Confidence in your voice is about energy in your voice and colour and variety. So it's getting out of the monotone into really loving the way you speak and loving the words you use. So I think if you start with the physical, do that power pose, visualise how you would look if you were super confident and then start walking the walk. And that is literally go for a walk and walk like the most confident person. And somebody's going to, you know, your neighbours might think, wow, what's happened to her? She's walked out the door and she's just <laughs> running down the street. But you know what? Train your brain to believe it. And that's how it's going to work. And then finally, before we draw this conversation to an end, what three things would you like our listeners to take away from the conversation we've had today? Well, I hope they've taken away that everyone's terrified. <laughs> They're not the only ones who are terrified. I think that's, that's really important to know because they would be amazed at some of the presenters I see and you think, gosh, they're doing a live show on Saturday night. They must be super confident. They are not. Okay. These are skills which everybody has to learn. So, you know, like I said, we're all in this together and we are all learning to overcome this human condition. Basically, it's a human condition, isn't it? Some people have learned to, to overcome it and other people are, are still learning. So I definitely think number one is be kind to yourself and be really kind to yourself. We're super self-critical. Um, and, you know, when I get presenters to watch themselves back, I get themselves to watch themselves back, looking at what went right, not what went wrong. So there's a little bit of a mindset change there. Um, so, you know, be your own cheerleader, not your own critic. That's yeah. number one. Um, I think the other thing is on a really practical level, you know, you talked about you know, learning skills and we're all learning all the time. You, know, you don't stop learning because you, you know, you're good at a job. You, you pick up another skill, you learn that. So I think, you know, when you've worked out what you want to be confident in, actually take a really good look and break down the skills you need that you think you will need to feel confident in that. Is it about... You know, do you need to work on your voice? Do you need to work on your writing? Do you need to work on, um, I don't know, it might be a practical skill, like, I don't know, you want to become a carpenter and want to be a brilliant carpenter. Do you need to actually get a woodwork certificate? All those sort of things. So really practical skills that you can like tick off. So that's the second thing. Um, and, and, and really the third thing, I guess, is that, you know, I mentioned it before about this confidence is not a destination, it's a journey. Sounds really trite, but it is true that, you know, it's, it's, we're up and down all the time and that's okay. And that doesn't mean you're not a confidence per, confident person just because some days you're not. Um, and, you know, we can beat ourselves up about it. And, you know, I go through ups and downs in my confidence. I know, you know, if I've delivered a really good session or a presenter, you know, I saw a presenter the other day and she like was transformed. And I just came away thinking, woo, I love my job. And I know that's when I feel at my most confident, my kind of number 10 moment. And, you know, another day I'll be at number three. So I think try and remember what that confident feeling is like that you have in those moments of up and then tell them to yourselves in the moments where you're down and just accept that state of flux. Oh, I've had it. Well, I've had an awesome conversation with you. I'm sure there are listeners who are thinking, oh, I'd, like, I'd like to connect with Francesca. How can people find out more about you and the work you do, Francesca? Well, I've got a website um, and I do um, sort of put, put the odd blog on there. And there is one on there, actually, that people might find interesting about being shy and kind of um, confidence and things like that. So so if people are struggling, that might help them. Um, so that's tvcoach.co.uk. I am on Twitter, although I'm a bit of a stalker rather than a Twitterer, but I will. I'm a reply. I reply and chat to a lot of people. And that's at tvcoachuk. 
Um, and then just email me because I love talking to people and I love hearing about people's lives. Um, so, you know, just email me on um, francesca at tvcoach.co.uk. Um, and if you want to chat, then, then I'd love to. I'd love to hear about, you know, what people do and how I might help them. If they, if they think I can, I'm here. Well, thanks, Francesca. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how I can help you, then head over to my website, www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.